A podcast with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schnitsch and today we dive into the unknown, exciting, creative ocean of the oh God, of the creative minds. <laughs> so often I try it and, and I'm make this mistakes all the time. I don't mind. Uh, together with uh, Monty Warren, and Monty is, uh, is hi Monty, great to have you here. In, great to be here. In Attitude, Monty is uh, um, a solicitor, uh, a testimonial a preparer, a rock and roller, um, a trailer park angel, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different things. Uh, he's he's coming from Florida, and we in the first part we 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 were somehow talking about his youth and a little bit about his inspiration, how how he came to music, uh, how he uh, how um, how he was getting inspired by it, um, how he continued. We were listening to a song called Trailer Park Angel, and we were philosophizing a little bit about that as well. Uh, and now in the second part, I would say. We're gonna go into the present, and I would like to know um, how it is as 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 a rock and roller. I mean, Monty comes from a little little twelve thousand, twenty thousand uh, people village, and and with a lot of anger, and uh, that's probably maybe as well as well the reason why 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 you went into your job. It's this is solicitor. Oh, that is that's the money job. Okay, so we didn't speak about that. Well, I was just guessing. Uh, so, 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 how? I mean, it's it's probably very a very tough job and very inspiring as well. And and very very, it's not counterproductive, but but it is probably very productive for for write, writing songs in in anger because I think I mean, how many years are you gonna do that? And and what brought you? To this issue that that you gotta start, thought okay so I wanna do that I wanna 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 go into this job. Interesting. So I wanted to be a lawyer around. I think I wanted to be a beetle before I wanted to be a lawyer, but it was close. I probably wanted to be a lawyer since I was seven, seven or eight years old. Wanted to be a beetle since I was about five, uh, until I saw the stones. But um, and I think the th and think really the same thing motivated me as to both which was uh, the kind of law I went into was, um, well, I think, I think the thing that really appealed to me as a seven or eight-year-old was mm. I found out there was this job you could, you could, you could kind of have in America where if you had an argument with authority, but you were right and authority was wrong, you could still mm. win. You could win. Like authority and you would be on an equal playing field And if you were smarter than authority and you had a better point, you would win. 
I wish that was the case with my dad growing up, but it wasn't. My dad would yeah. taught me, no, it's because I said so. I'm your father. Now shut up. Whereas my my country at the time anyway was really teaching me that, well, wait a minute, just because your authority doesn't mean you're always right. So if I have a if I have a, a you know a better argument, then I should win, shouldn't I? I mean, that was really that was <laughs> We have a train running by. We have a. a um, anyway, so the kind of law I went into was about defending people that I thought was were wrongly uh, accused, and that drove me. And so that sort of you know compassion for people that are that are suffering motivated me doing what I was doing. While at the same time, um, I think it's a similar feeling about rock and roll, where you kind of channel it into defiance yeah and and you you have you can have the feeling that you can change something with it isn't it well or it's i don't know about changing anything really it, i mean on on the rock and roll side it was more just sort of taking um that kind of toothache that you feel when things are wrong and channeling it into you know what you don't have power over it anymore. I mean, in other words, that, that toothache, I might still have the toothache, but I'm forgetting it in, in this moment because you know what toothache, uh, be, you know, screw you. Uh, mm. That's, that's rock and roll to me. Mm. Whereas um, being a lawyer, it's channeling, you know, it's playing within the, you know, the playing field of, of, of society. It's not saying screw you like rock and roll is it's saying, you know, I, I can, I can still beat you within at your own playing field that I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, okay. Um, yeah. you, these are the rules. I'll, I'll beat you at, at the rules you, 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 you said, and I'll, and I, yeah. and if I'm right, I'll still win. So it's, it's still a defiant attitude in it, but it's, but you know, I'm a sucker for um, the underdog, you know, yeah. because I guess when you're a kid and you're bullied. It, it leaves a mark on you. And sure, I mean, that was just, so when I later, you know, was reading Tom about Tom Petty's life, it was like he and I had the same, almost the same father and only he was my older brother by about 10 years. And yeah. uh, so that's where I think a lot of that similarity comes from. I mean, the things that he writes about, I completely identify with yeah. because we're both, we're both, you know, damaged from, from that background. And so we're both drawn toward things that are our comfort zones that may not necessarily be good for us. Sure. Um, and so a lot of, if you go back through his catalog, you'll see that there's a lot of, um, you know, he's a victim, <laughs> you know, throughout a lot of his songs, you know, he's being victimized and I, you know, a lot of middle America that love Tom Petty, I don't think they, yeah. they even realize, uh, what's, what's why it's appealing to him, to them. And I think yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, I, cause we've all been pushed around, you know, we've all been, in the situation where we were out muscled or, or, or something was bigger than us. And that whole, I won't back down, you know, attitude when you're out muscled, out gunned, you don't care. I'll go down in flames, you know, I don't give a shit. Come on, bring it asshole. I mean, that, that, that is, you know, and so I think that there's some similarities there when um, you think about the kind of rock and roll that is good for those of us who need some outlet to feel like it, you know what? Uh, for these next three minutes and 30 seconds, uh, you're not, you're not in charge of me, you know, and I don't have to 
uh, feel like I'm uh, being pushed around. I'm pushing you around for three minutes and 30 seconds. What do you think about that? And similarly, as, an, mm. as a lawyer, when you're a trial lawyer, mm. you know, when I give an opening statement or I give a closing argument, the other side has to shut the fuck up for a little while now, don't they? Oh. So it's the first time I get the floor and they can't do a damn thing about it. And, and what I'm, and, and, and I'm, uh, I've never tried a case where I didn't believe a hundred percent in what I was saying. So uh, for those, you know, if it's a, a 40 minute opening statement, 40 minute closing argument, I'm believing every word. And if the jury doesn't get it right, then, well, that's not on, that's not on me. <laughs> it's on them. Uh, Cause I, I, I let, I let it fly. And, it, and, and I think in both uh, forums, authenticity is the key. I mean, if you, if you're writing a song, that's something that, and you got something to say, and it's yeah. about truth, then, then you're onto something. If you're faking it, you're not. And same sure. thing as a lawyer, sure. you know? So at least in my experience. Sure. So I guess there, there's some common threads that make sense if I thought about it. <laughs> like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. I mean, it's, it's, it's artist art in general, you know, so, so either singer, songwriting or rock and roller. He did. You know, the other thing is like um, writing, uh, I guess, rock and roll songs. You know, you have a certain you have a limited amount of time to get your point across, don't you? Well, same thing as a trial lawyer. I, I have a limited amount of time for my opening and closing statements and I got to yeah. get I got to get my point across. So there's very, you know, very similar concepts uh about attention spans and messages and everything yeah. else so you're gonna you're, you're gonna work as well with 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 witnesses because you, you mentioned something that 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 you prepare people for testimonials a lot that's what i do these days yeah i, I finally got out of uh being a trial lawyer when i when i discovered that um there was a, a an approach to helping people who have to testify um when they're being sued um and there's a there's, it was a whole revolutionary kind of uh, approach to it that kind of blew my mind. And a lot of it, um, I guess, had to do with um, first getting balanced emotionally, because so many people are so scared and angry when they're involved in the legal, legal system. Yeah. And, and, and in law school, they don't teach us how to help people that just to get to a balanced state. Yeah. And so this is more about getting balanced or trying to identify the things that you're angry about, identify the things that you're fearful of, and then walk through those things with reason and fact and logic. And then those things start to get more manageable. And so it really helped me on a lot of levels when I started to see that. And then when, I, when, when, you know, I saw that there was this, way so that the people that were scared could overcome their fear and have a have a way to match up against people that were the lawyers suing them that were much more experienced in the forum they weren't yeah. scared at all they were experienced and sure, it was that sure, that sure. fear factor once that got neutralized it was allowing once again the 90 pound weakling to start to feel that they could actually 
win against the big bully. So I'm a sucker, obviously, for the underdog. I'm a sucker for the 90 pound week. I mean, it's as well somehow a therapeutic work, isn't it, for the people, you know? I mean, it's 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 what rock and roll's about. You know, it's not about authority. It's about it's about the victims of authority, which is one of the reasons why in this country it was so threatening to to authority until the British people, uh, you know, made a lot of money on it. And then suddenly our country started to accept it. Otherwise, uh, they were threatened by it, weren't they, in the late yeah. 50s? So yeah. so anyway, it just yeah. it, it turns out that there's a lot to be said for both careers. Uh, yeah. If you if you feel like you know what I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth I wasn't I, I I don't have anything going for me necessarily when it comes to power but it doesn't matter in those worlds now does it you know I mean you could you can be you can you don't have to be some rich guy's kid to be able to feel like you can succeed you know in 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 both worlds yeah, so. Yeah. So that, that means eventually we should all raise the bar, ah. <laughs> which which brings us already now. But I mean, it's the first time that I that I'm gonna go in and playing two songs, and uh, okay. uh, I would say so. Let's just have a have a funky second uh, to, to think about how we can raise the bar, and we will hear us in a couple of minutes again. And bar, by the way, is a wave is another basically a reference for being a lawyer you know being a uh the bar you know passing the bar uh being yeah. a, me a member of the bar you see so so raise the liar <laughs> no raise the bar <laughs> <laughs> Raise the bar. 
Funky, funky, funky moment for us all. I mean, I hope that everyone was dancing at the Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning in Europe at least. I mean, America is maybe a little bit too, too early for that. Oh, no, actually not. Never too so, early. Never, never too early. So, yeah, Race the Bar. I mean, I really like that song. I mean, it is, it is obviously, obviously a Prince influence somehow. I thought it was, when I wrote it and, and produced it, I thought it was, uh, I thought I was doing Morris Day. <laughs> See, Morris Day has a had a line I always loved. Um, uh, who, 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 who? Again, Morris Day. Morris Day. You don't know Morris Day in the time? No. You don't. You've never heard of Morris Day in the time. Did you ever see Prince's Purple Rain? The yeah. movie Purple Rain. Yeah. Okay. You know the the nemesis of Prince in that movie. The yeah. the other the the leader of the other band that makes fun of Prince. Okay, no, I don't know about that anymore. All right, well, that's Morris Day. 
That's oh, Morris Day. And Morris Day was actually, Morris Day in the time was sort of an alter ego of Prince. Right. Prince produced that stuff and, and, and he, they needed a singer. And I didn't know until Rod, Rod Cohen, who, uh, the uh, producer of our, of Phil, Phil and my records, um, he told me that apparently the backstory is that Morris Day was the drummer of the band, but they needed that, that Prince needed a front man. And that uh, he talked Morris Day into becoming that front man in the front. And the inside joke was that Morris Day would act like he was a pimp. And the whole attitude was that he was a pimp. They're, they're all so, like pimps. <laughs> but, but no, no, this was a big, you've got any. Hey, forget that. Let, listen, if, any, if you're watching or listening to this, go, Google Morris Day in the time. Yeah, yeah. They rock hard, uh, but they were really the, the quintessential um, to me, uh, sort of funk band of that what '80s '90s era, yeah. and 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 so the it, the the lyric that that I'm winking at in "Raise the Bar" yeah. is there was there was a there was a song you wrote where the lyric was uh, um, every time we're out on a date I want to love you but you make me wait and then then as he says uh, then you said uh, I look like a pimp. Uh, well, honey, I noticed you waited till after dinner, 18 jumbo shrimp. Damn. Uh, and then the, and then it's like, every time I take you home, you say you got a headache, want to be alone. Now I ain't trying to brag, baby, but if I ever get you into bed, I work that body so hard. You'll wish all you had was an aching head. And that's the the reference that I'm doing on, on race the bar where I wanted to, to be, a, you know, kind of paying, tipping my hat. Yeah, and and I, and I think also because people didn't, I don't think people would expect that there'd be a commonality between Prince and you know Rolling Stones, Tom Petty type rock and roll, but there is yeah, probably Tom Petty or, uh, has a one of his great un you know if you look for it, there's a great thing that was on playback that he did with Lenny Kravitz, um, yeah. and and it's similar where it's a funk it's a funk song. Uh, and he did it with Lenny Kravitz, and it's one of my favorite uh, tracks that to of Tom Petty's. Which but one was? It? I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know, actually. Um, it's uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Now I'll tell you at the, after the break because I got to remember it. Uh, the, the title. It, I'm I'm having a senior moment, but it's a great, great, great song, and it is a. Uh, uh, oh, when uh, when I need you, you come through. The name of the song is "You Come Through." I, might, I will look. I will look at that one in the later stages. You got it, and you'll see that yeah. there's a bit of. And I didn't. I didn't know about that song when I wrote uh, "Raise the Bar." Frankly, yeah. it was because it's not on any uh, official album, but it's a. Uh, uh, it's on an album of, of outtakes that were released. It's on the playback. It's called Playback, and you'll see that's a funk. It's James. It's like James Brown funk, but yeah. it's Lenny Kravitz. Funny. I think. I think Lenny does all, plays all the instruments. Yeah, and right. and and it's with Tom on vocals, and it's very similar to Race the Bar, as it turns yeah. out. I mean, I'm, I must laugh because one of my friends uh, uh, from Germany, he he used to be solicitor as well, and I mean, so, so he had he has his court cases and and and, and at at eight o'clock in the morning, and he went dancing up to five, and then in his Ferrari <laughs> and went, to the court case, you know, doing his thing. So this song, you know, especially this this line where where what was it? Uh, I I I I will will have my nose uh, clean from. Uh, oh, I, uh, I, I uh, kept my nose clean. 
<laughs> I worked all week. I kept my nose clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I said, okay. So, so how how does that work together with a solicitor and a buyer? Well, well, you know, to what? raise the bar. You know, would you, would you do me a favor though? Could you stop telling people that I'm a lawyer? It's such a buzzkill. It no one's gonna respect a rock and roller who's also a lawyer. I mean, it's really not good marketing. <laughs> not good marketing. He's just kidding. I'm, 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 I'm really, uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm a bartender. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's great. It fits together very well. I mean, that's, that's it is, it is. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, change the subject. I must say, guys, it's really um, if if you if you listen to to actually to all his his albums, they they are quite. I mean, they are the songs are somehow um, from written from out of one hand but they are really different i must say i mean i mean they they are some songs they, they are more, more more danceable like raise the bar some songs are getting getting more really so in, in a sophisticated direction quite deep quite dark and with, with, with a couple of of really lovely Thank arrangements you. um and um one song Uh, it's actually the second and the last song which I'm gonna play in in this episode. Uh, was together uh, with 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 uh, probably what the first song was Phil Wolf called called Hey Junkman. Yeah, I would say we just listen to Hey Junkman and then after that we can say a couple of, couple okay. of words and and, and uh, okay. let's go into Hey Junkman. Hey Junkman. Hey. Hey, junk man, I got no further use for 
Yeah. Hey, Junkman. That was, uh, Monty told me more than less what the first song together with Phil Wolf. Actually, the person, uh, we're going to go deeper into that in the third part on next Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, uh, is there any word to say about Hey, Junkman? I mean, or what would you like to know? Huh? What do you want to know? I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, it is. It is. Uh, who wrote? You wrote it probably, and 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 you 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 gave it Phil. No. <laughs> so what happened was uh, I wrote it, um, and I wrote it because a, a friend of mine had had told me that a really good friend of his, who who was a uh, a musician, guitar player, his whole life being a, a guitar, a local guitar player in Colorado, uh, was dying. And uh, so I wrote this song about that. It's really about about this, the, the, the idea of confronting your own death, believe it or not. And, and so when I went to record it, in that time frame, I was becoming... Uh, friendly with Phil over the what was then MySpace, I guess, and I had looked him up and I'd seen him perform on on, on some of the videos he had done with his band in Spain, mm -hmm. and so just just on a whim, I asked him if he'd be interested in singing a verse. All so right. he said sure, and that's when I sent yeah. it to him. And I'd never met him; I just sent it through you know the wonders of the internet, and that's how he got on the album. And then when it when I heard the result of it that's when i decided decided we needed to to work together and that's what that led to the this war wolf project all right okay cool i would say we will listen more about this war wolf project uh next sunday at 10 a.m in europe and 5 a.m in uh, florida so guys uh tune in yeah next sunday and if you want to know more about monty uh you can you can find him on 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 instagram on facebook instagram is uh what is it monty warren <laughs> uh your guess is as good as mine i'm not on instagram at the as we speak but uh hopefully i will be by the time this airs yeah um yeah you know yeah, you yeah. Know. We, 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 yeah we we but, we're gonna check that out but you can you can definitely find uh the the the, the name of the neck of the next album is slapback backslap so i'd recommend people go to slapbackbackslap.com yeah and you can find it as well on uh on instagram uh, at detschlich or on instagram at attitude uh, or on instagram uh, uh at i love west cork artists or on facebook at at the i love west cork artist group uh, i will promote for that on on on, on every platform and um You, you might find it. And uh, CD Baby, by the way. Go to cdbaby.com and, and look for Monty Warren or Monty Warren and friggin' whatevers or Phil Wolf and Monty Warren or War Wolf. Yeah. And eventually, if you, if you go to attitude.com, you will find any other information about Monty as well. Not just that. Uh, you will find. Uh, I gotta start now with merchandising. This is this cap called nice. called Two Boats in Love, which is actually which which is actually these two boats. They 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 are here at the river at the River Illen. 
So so all this work is done myself, done by myself as well. What I gonna do as well is I I, I gonna I gonna do uh, three uh, special edition collector cups with Monty Warren. Um, I, I'll buy I, one. I, I have one. To, I'll buy one. I I have to prepare them. I I hope on Sunday, on Sunday if if, if no actually so, so so now they are now available. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right this is that um and like i say altitude.com and you can find anything else and we see us we hear us we, we see us as well a week later because it's on youtube it will come on youtube and, and you see monty worn without sunglasses and uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll put them on again for the third episode oh, maybe yeah so and, 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 and <laughs> the third episode we we invite as well phil wolf and 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 we will see us all together. We I will, should yeah. probably change clothes. I should change my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, guys. Monty, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm, I'm really happy to have you here on my show. And uh, yeah, see you guys all together. Bye bye. Bye bye. You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion, and design podcast. Attitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.